Welcome to the next episode of the Brio in the Box podcast. Today we're featuring our whey protein powder in salted caramel. So this all comes from our own line of custom formulated, small batch crafted supplements that we had done called Brio Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, our whey protein ones, we made sure that they we included a digestive enzyme, helps you break them down and absorb all of those amino acids better helps you grow your muscles and repair from your workouts. We also made sure they were sweetened only with stevia, which is a more natural non-caloric sweetener. One of the things that kind of started me on this journey of, of crafting our own supplements was trying to find ones that didn't have aspartame and like artificial sweeteners that are hard on your gut bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, a tip that came from one of our members was to make like an iced coffee kind of beverage. Uh, busy doctor on the go, trying to get some calories and nutrients in, you know, not junk food on a busy shift Mm -hmm. um, and does like an iced coffee with some protein in it and sometimes a little bit of cream for the fat in there. So you have like a little bit of energy, a little bit of protein, a little bit of fat and kind of shakes it up and drinks on the go during a busy, busy shift. So I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was a cool idea. And the salted caramel went well. Caramel frappuccino. Yeah, a little caramel mocha kind of thing. Tasty. Yeah. Have to try that out. Yeah. All right. So today we're going to talk about Jocelyn. <laughs> this is a, another episode <laughs> in the get to know our coaches. We're going to unravel the enigma that is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jocelyn, where'd you grow up? Um, I'm from Saskatoon. What? I grew up about 200 meters from where we are right now. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, my parents live just down the street from us, and yeah. they've been in that house since before I was born. So, I grew up shortly not that far from where we are right now. So in Lakeview, in Saskatoon, I went to Lakeview Elementary School. I left in grade five, went to Greystone. Um, What's Greystone? It's just another school. Mm. So a school for big, big old nerds. (laughs) (laughs) You were a gifted child. I was a gifted child. (laughs) Yes, it's true. Uh, That was the label they used to slap on us back then. So yes, I was, um, <laughs> pulled out of Lakeview. I was not a gifted to go to academically talented program. Mm. It was called Actel. 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 Okay. Yeah. So uh, I went to grade five to eight with all of the other mega nerds, mm-hmm. and then I went to high school at Aiden Bowman. And then when I graduated, I wanted to get the f out of here. Yeah. And I moved as far away as I could figure to Halifax. Nova Scotia. Yeah. I went to university at Dalhousie. Okay. Out there. I lived in um, Halifax for five or six years. I did two degrees back to back at Dal. Had a great time out there. It was awesome. It was a very cool experience to live in the maritime, something very different. Yeah. I've never been out there. The Prairie Provinces. And I feel like had I not just like hopped on the opportunity to move out there that I also may not have really spent any time in the maritime. Yeah. So far, it's kind of expensive to get to. I've been there a handful of times for just like other weightlifting events and stuff just kind of in and out on a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm super grateful I, I took that kind of leap to live out there for as long as I didn't really get to experience a different part of Canada. It's still the same country, but it feels like a very different yeah. place. Yeah, even going to Ottawa that time we went for, for a seminar, it was like a totally different world. Over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah you really get a, a sense of the wide variety, of different cultures and cities and things in Canada. Yeah, um, this is not going to be a super long podcast. So let's not spend too much time on this, but... 
How many, what sports did you play with? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this section's not going to take up any time. None. Uh, in line with being a super mega nerd, I was not a very athletic child. <laughs> One of the least athletic people you can ever imagine. Yeah. Um, I was just like a really big math nerd. I like literally played the flute and went to band camp, <laughs> like American Pie style, went to band camp. Um, Did you actually go to band camp? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, like several times. That's hilarious. Yeah, lots of times. Um, played in the youth orchestra, oh, yeah. did all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, just like really not into athletics, very uncoordinated. Did you try anything ever or was it just? Yeah, like I remember my parents putting me in gymnastics. So I was old enough to remember, maybe like six. Yeah. And I just remember being so afraid of everything. I have this vivid memory of hanging from uneven bars and just screaming until somebody <laughs> got me off there and let me quit. And yeah. I, I fully remember just like having a fit and a meltdown until my parents were like, God, fine. We yeah. won't make you do gymnastics. So, and then like in elementary school, I was the kid that would like fake that I rolled my ankle so I didn't have to do the track meet, <laughs> like that kind of thing. I just was like not into it. I did play um, just like school level volleyball and basketball Yeah, in like kind of grade seven, eight, nine, 10 till everybody got taller than me. And then right. my uh, illustrious school sport career was over. Yeah. Could you ever dunk? <laughs> yeah. <totally. laughs> On one of those little like Fisher Price, yeah. like mini tykes. Ones. Half the time. Um, in high school though, I did, my dad and I got really into long distance cycling. Oh yeah. And I did a lot of, um, we did the MS bike tour. It was called back then a hundred kilometer bike event. So I guess I like had a little foray into, you know, long distance cycling. Right. had a good little road bike and could pedal for a long time. And then I ended up with like a, a weird knee injury overuse and probably not strong enough. I should have been squatting mm-hmm. to handle that much repetitive action. Right. And then from there, like most <laughs> of high school and most university, like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, back to school, where, where, tell us what your degrees were. Okay. So I have a, a bachelor of commerce yeah. and then I went straight into an MBA. Both of them, I double majored in finance and marketing management. Right. So, so you spent uh, math, science, math. money marketing, all that kind of stuff, yeah. business. Yeah. That was my jam. And then what were you going to do with that? Um, so when I finished my MBA, I got a job with a investment management firm out of Calgary mm-hmm. called Trimark. It's called Invesco now, um, big international mutual fund, ETF, um, financial products company as an inside salesperson. So my job was to work between the financial advisors that were selling our funds and EFTs to their clients. Like they were on the end retail side and then between my company and the investment managers and stuff that made like the investment products. So I was like the wholesaler between those two. So I was inside sales, which meant I was in the office in Calgary, mostly like on the phone with people. And then I worked on a team with like the outside sales guy that would go to the offices and visit people. Um, And how close to the Wolf of Wall Street would you say your (laughs) office was? Not like really far away. Not at all. I was not a stockbroker in (laughs) NYC by any means. It was pretty chill office. Um, And then as far as like other, you know, the other people that graduated with finance degrees that got recruited into like investment banking and and other like more high pressure areas of the same industry. My job was awesome. Yeah. I got paid really well. It was fairly low stress. I wasn't working a hundred hours a week. I had pretty like regular steady work hours. My job was mostly just to chat and shoot the shit with people and explain some occasional equations and, (laughs) you know, financial metrics to them. So it was a really good job. The people I worked with were pretty cool. Um, it was a pretty good bunch, paid really well, especially for like first job yeah. out of school. Uh, but I was sitting at a desk all day and I just really hated that. Yeah. And I knew that I like couldn't do that mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. And I really did not like 
having to work for someone else. I just didn't like that someone else controlled my schedule and I, my success in my career path was at the mercy of whether someone else recognized I was doing a good job for me to get a promotion and just like, um, I also have a real visceral hatred of like corporate speak mm-hmm. <laughs> and people that say words like silos and <laughs> let's sing from the same songbook and let's, oh, you know, like uh, yeah. stuff like that. I just like ugh, couldn't <laughs> handle and I couldn't make myself talk that talk in yeah. order to like get into that world enough. I just let's sing from the same song. That's yeah. Oh, oh, there's a lot of them. Let's not go. <laughs> let's not make the podcast all about that, about horrible corporate jargon shit that That's people funny. say. It's really we'll all want to throw up in our mouths a little yeah. bit. So when I met you, you were doing that job, yep. but you were still working out and stuff. Like, okay, so when I was in grad school, so my last year of, un- of um, doing my master's in university, I was just the typical, like, ah, I should probably get in shape, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, get skinny or whatever. Yeah. And so just started going to the gym. The girl that was doing my hair at the time, she was my best friend's cousin, and she was preparing for... A bodybuilding show she was doing figure and she was just like really little but really ripped mm-hmm. and she was like about my size and stuff and I was like I just want to look like her I was like I want to do whatever she's doing because I like that yeah and so just started going to regular globo gym worked with a personal trainer briefly to just kind of like learn about stuff and what to do yeah and, and you did a few bodybuilding shows yeah so then left Halifax moved to Calgary um, decided I wanted to do a few of those bodybuilding shows found myself a a bodybuilding trainer that would help me like prep for the shows and stuff. So it was right in, in the middle of that world when you and I met in 2007, mm. I was literally in the middle of like dieting and prepping for a show Yeah, when we went on our first date. Um, and to be honest to this day, I'm not really sure uh, what you found appealing about my personality <laughs> during that time <laughs> because I was like a not fun at all. Right. Like no drinking Yeah, had, to, I was like, super annoying about like weighing and measuring everything I was eating and also just like a grumpy hangry bitch <laughs> like just you weren't that bad most of the time okay well, like that's what I remember about mm-hmm. it and I was like I'm not really sure how you met me in the middle of that world and went like this just, is the one for me maybe I just have rose-colored glasses I don't know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. seemed fine at the time I don't know so then because I wasn't loving sitting at a desk all day I would go um, where there was like a little gym in our condo building. I would go do some cardio in the morning. I would go to the Y, which was right across the street from my office at lunch and mm-hmm. go like lift weights and do some stuff. And then we would go to the gym together in yeah. the evening or I'd go see my trainer. So I was like three times a day, just yeah. like wanted to be in the gym all the time. And yeah. um, which was a, it, it was a fairly new and exciting thing for me because I did not grow up understanding or appreciating athletics or physical fitness or anything whatsoever. So it was all sort of a new discovery for me and it was really fun to decide to figure out that oh I actually like really like this and I was pretty good at building muscle and all that kind of stuff so it was like a new adventure yeah for me at the time and then you and I discovered CrossFit together yeah what do you remember of our first CrossFit workout so because we're heavy in the bodybuilding world at the time I had a subscription to muscle and fitness magazine (laughs) so this was like early 2008 there was an article called the hardest workout in the world Mm -hmm. and it was about CrossFit and we talked a little bit about this in our first episode. We're like, I was like running half marathons and prepping for these bodybuilding shows and doing yoga all the time, like super into fitness. And I was like, oh, bring it, you know? And then, so we kind of looked at CrossFit.com, crafted our own workout mm-hmm. that was sort of a mashup of like Murph and the Filthy 50. So it like started and ended with a one mile run and then it was a whole bunch of 50s of things. Yeah. Like just a horrendously programmed workout. Yeah, like terrible. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> this was before there was like CrossFit affiliates around or like somebody that should have showed us how to do this better. But Gold's Gym in Calgary, it was a leg day. 
we went and did this like supposedly CrossFit workout that we had come up with and just got annihilated. Yeah. Like <laughs> got my ass handed to me. I, I remember making it through the workout. Okay. The, the second mile run at the end being like particularly hard, but made it through and, but it was like the seven days that followed where I was like, not okay. My legs were seriously messed up. And yeah. um, again, shouldn't have done that. Should have no. had a coach. Yeah. There definitely was a better way to start CrossFit than that. Um, but basically had that like, got my ass handed to me, crushed my ego, and then had that awakening of like, oh, like I'm nowhere near as fit as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. And like many, many people have that same experience with CrossFit. And you're like, oh, yeah. like I thought I was fit and... So like there is something to this thing yeah. if if my supposed level of fitness had me like basically unprepared yeah. for that combo. Yeah, that was a doozy. Yeah. We've done we've redone it a few times as well. Yeah, we did it on like the 10 year anniversary of and it's like there's some weird movements that we put in there. I don't yeah. even know, I have it written on a little piece of paper in my yeah. office. Like sumo front squats or something, I think. I'm not even sure exactly what we meant know. by some of those things, but we did like overhead lunges and it um, was all with an empty bar. Romanian deadlifts. Yeah, it was all like light. Yeah, it was 40 or 50 pounds. Or we don't do those ones anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Someone in the gym was like, we should do that workout. You know, like, I was like, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> it's not good. You have to edit that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what you do at Brio. What's, what's your job? What's your role? What's my role? What do you oh, okay. specialize in? So... We talked about in the last one that like your experience came from like kind of people management, organization, yeah. running staff so that our skill sets tend to to interlock like puzzle pieces quite well. So you do a lot of that stuff. And then I do a lot of the uh, nerdy organizing stuff in the back. So I've mostly always handled all the financial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was teaching me how to do accounting. <laughs> <laughs> we just recently started handing off the bookkeeping to David trying to take something off my plate while I'm back in school. Um, it's fine. You're <laughs> fine. So David's doing the bookkeeping now. It was oh, me for all these years. Yeah. Um, I do all of the website stuff. So I everything you see, I built the whole website. Yeah. Um, I do all of the coaches notes. So there's a whole hidden section of the website for the coaches. We do a lot of like, there's a bunch of videos and development and coaches notes and all that kind of stuff yeah. um, for the coaches. I do all the blogs everything that you see that pops up every morning, yeah. um, the design and implementation of like the new Brio app, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's all me. I run all that back end stuff. Mind body was also usually me yeah. um, tinkering and running all yeah. those sorts of things. You I do. do most of the um, social media, the graphics. I do all the graphic design. So everything that you see, every t-shirt, yeah. uh, the development of our supplement line, you know, hats, toques, um, all the retail product stuff, that's all me. I like um, designing those things and yeah. doing doing the digital artwork and everything for all that stuff. It's definitely a, mic- a missed calling that you you probably could have done that as a career because you're very good at that, but, that, but it's just hard to, it's hard to do it when it's not for your own thing. Yeah, so I like the little creative expression of those things with designing. Yeah. You know, the, everything you see, every logo, every sticker, every water bottle, that's all, I do all that stuff. Yeah, and she'll spend hours on her computer perfecting a t-shirt design before we produce it <laughs> i like to <laughs> i like to tinker with that stuff it's yeah. fun have to get it right and that's where i could never do it as a career because it takes me forever because yeah. my skills aren't great at like i can see it in my head but i can't like make it happen in real life or it yeah. takes me a long time to to get it right for sure yeah plus you're a perfectionist so. i mean a bit uh-uh. yeah what else do i do um you coach sometimes sometimes i work <laughs> here too like <laughs> yeah a coach yeah 
Yeah. You, uh, three days a week currently. Oh, I do the whole kids program. Yeah. The next gen kids program is all me right now. And the help of, uh, some of our coaches once in a while when I'm away working on the weekends, mm-hmm. it is awesome. I yeah. love it. The kids are so fun and I get such a kick out of it. It's like my favorite couple hours of the week. And just like to see how good they're getting and how much they love CrossFit and to be able to like see that passion for something this cool into the next generation is yeah. just like, I love it way more than I thought I would. Yeah. I was going to say, that's not something you were expecting either. Yeah. But you love it. But I do. I love it. That's the good. Next gen program. The kids are great. Yeah. They're so fun. And now we have Atlas doing it a little bit as well. Yeah. Whenever he's not at gymnastics, he's in there too. Yeah. You said recently one of your goals is to do a, a CrossFit competition with Atlas at some point. I thought that would be so fun. Like That'd when he's awesome. like 16 or 17 and, you know, fit enough to do like an RX division of something that if yeah. he and I could do a CrossFit competition together, that'd be like a big bucket list thing. That'd be cool. Really fun. And Dash too, both of them at some point. You'll, Dash is a little further off. You'll be much more of a master's athlete <laughs> by the time Dash hey. is ready to go. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'll am i be that, that agent with Atlas. So, yeah. um, Okay, let's talk about you doing CrossFit. Favorite moves. What do you like to do? Oh, what's my favorite move in CrossFit? Mm, snatches. Yeah. Overhead squats. You had a bit of a, a history with Olympic weightlifting, mm-hmm. so that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, like I said, CrossFit was, well, I guess bodybuilding first, and then CrossFit was really like an awakening for me to understand like fitness and strength and um, capability. So as like a female and not one that came from like a sporty background. Yeah. When I, even when I was into bodybuilding, it was like, everything was about being less. Like you were always dieting. You're always trying to get skinnier. You're always trying to get leaner, mm. less calories, like way less. Everything was just about being less. And when I found CrossFit, it took me a while to like shift my mindset around to realize like, Oh, all these girls in CrossFit, they're just trying to be more. Yeah. They're trying to do more pull-ups. They're trying to back squat more weight. They're trying to have more capability and more capacity. And I was like, oh, like that was a big mind shift, mindset shift for me. Mm-hmm. And something that I just thought was so cool that like no female athlete in a CrossFit gym is like, how many calories do you think this workout burned? It's like, that is not what we're here for. Yeah. We're like trying to be more capable and stronger and like, um, I, I certainly think there's a lot of benefits for, for men in this day and age too, to have like, you know, physical capabilities and everything. Yeah. Uh, but I feel particularly passionate about that with like females and I'm not much of a feminist, but if I was, it would be in that respect that like, you know, women are capable of like so much more yeah. than we have given them credit for or allowed them to discover for sure. and develop, you know, for like most of human existence until like yeah. maybe the last half a century. So, yeah. Um, and CrossFit's such a great world to explore that in because the women get just as much attention as the men mm-hmm. they're often putting up better times in the same workout than the men like it's it's a very yeah you know, crossfit is like from a male female perspective like the most egalitarian sport yeah. out there if you're into like equal opportunities for men and women you should be a super fan of crossfit because yeah. it's like it's the only professional sport where the men and women get paid the same the men and women get equal if not maybe slightly more media attention for the female athletes yeah um yeah, the like opportunities to compete, the fan base is the same. Yeah. Um, it's very equal opportunity as a, you know, if you think of like other professional sports, there's like the NBA and then there's like the WNBA, yeah. which is like a fraction of the money and the attention and the media and the sponsors and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So CrossFit's yeah. super cool in that respect for like the opportunity it creates for women to experience yep. their peak potential. Back, back to you and your snatching capabilities. When we did the Stu McGill back health thing 
they brought Jocelyn up as a demonstration of like what's possible for like what's the human capabilities because so many people are tight and they can't overhead squat to save their life. They brought Jocelyn up on stage and had her demonstrate like her ability to move and everybody in the audience was just like, like, I didn't know a person could bend like that. Holy crap. And it's just, <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. And I got in trouble cause I brought my camera out and I was videotaping this and you're not supposed to video anything. No, did you? I, yeah. I was on stage. I didn't know you got yeah. in trouble. The guy came over. He's like, Hey, you need to put that away and delete that. I was like, Oh shit. Sorry. I forgot about that. Cause yeah. on day one, they're like, nobody video anything. And there I am just videoing my life <laughs> all proud. <laughs> She's up on stage being used as the like pinnacle of movement. Yeah. I, so I discovered later in life that like, I just had some genetic structural gifts that are yeah. good for weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, always been very flexible, have just like a good ability to build muscle. I've just, that's like, yeah. I'm just a beefier. What do you call me last time? Dummy thick. Dummy thick. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are like the opposite body sure. type basically. Um, yeah. I'm short and stocky, which was not a body type that I liked in my <laughs> teenage years and my early 20s. Yeah. Um, not ideal, right? But you just like take what you have. And then I found this world where um, those things were not a detriment, but something that other people admired. And yeah. that was another major mind shift or mindset shift for me. One of my first CrossFit competitions, I remember this girl came up to me and she was like, how did you get your quads like that? <laughs> And I was like, what? Like these things? I was like, I've spent my whole life hating these things. Like how thick my thighs are and never fit into a pair of jeans. And was always trying to like hide how big my legs are and stuff. And I just was like, what? Like this girl came up to me like with admiration for these legs that I had spent my whole life hating. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. I was like, that was just like a, I mean, clearly it stuck in my head. It was a lot of years ago where I was just like, oh, I've just been like looking at this the wrong way. Right. Instead of like being mad that I don't fit into like some supermodel ideal being like short and dummy thick <laughs> that I was like, Oh, I just need to find the right. I've, I've just found the right world where these things are, are not um, a detriment. Now they're an asset to me. Yeah. Um, at one point someone in Moose organized, it was a weightlifting meet in conjunction with a little CrossFit competition. Mm. So it was like max clean and jerk, max snatch, other way around max snatch max clean and jerk and then a little crossfit event yeah and i you know was kind of into like the the little competitions and stuff and i was like oh i'll go do that i'll go lift something showed up at this weightlifting meet and then the coach for the province at the time was like who are you and where did you come from and who taught you and i was like well it's just me in my gym like learning to snatch and so he he, like took me under his wing and helped me a lot so i got Mm -hmm. a a lot of really good coaching um Del McNeely, shout out to Del, um, helped me a lot. I did a a lot of training camps. I would go back and forth between Regina and Moose Jaw for a lot of years. And, um, Sask Weightlifting Association gave me a lot of help and coaching and opportunities and really helped me like learn and develop my potential in that, in that realm. So I spent, I think five years training and competing for team Saskatchewan and got to have a lot of cool opportunities in that world, which, um, I'm super grateful for now because I never experienced competitive athletics. Mm-hmm. So I was old for a, a you know, weightlifter and athlete at the time I was in my late twenties and early thirties. Um, but yeah, it was super cool. I'm really grateful for that period of my life. And that I got to like pursue my potential to, I feel pretty good about like, you know, reach the peak of whatever these genes were capable of in yeah. that time. And then, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Good memories. Good, good times. Yeah. So you like snatching. I do what, like snatches. What about handstand push-ups? Uh, I love handstand push-ups. <laughs> Have you seen these little T-Rex arms? <laughs> They're good for handstand push-ups. 
(laughs) Pistols as well. You've always been really good at pistols. Yeah. Those ones that are like short limbs and good flexibility kind of movements. That's like my jam. So um, pistols, handstand pushups, snatches, overhead squats, those kinds of things were good. Uh, mobility and yeah. decent amount of strength. Those two things that come together. Yeah, for sure. Okay. The opposite. What, what move would you ban if you could get rid of it? I would ban ring dips. Ring dips. Yeah. Oh, I really. hate ring dips. Hmm. A stupid movement. <laughs> 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 no, just kidding. It's not stupid. I'm just not good at it. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, like, I feel like you thought I was going to say like wall balls I was, or something. I was thinking wall balls or rowing or something. Uh, yeah. No, I do, like, I'm not good at wall balls, um, but that I would not be my like first. Mm movement to ban i can wrap my head around some wall balls yeah here and there. But ring dips hey ring dips that would be my ban forever from crossfit yeah and that's what's weird is like you're super good at handstand push-ups but ring dips are yeah and that's maybe no why good. i hate them because it's like a, there's no good reason why i'm not good at them i just i don't know yeah all just right never figured it out never again we're getting rid of the bike and ring dips <laughs> <laughs> yeah you said the bike i said the ring bike. dips that's all right we still do a lot with uh no bike no dips yeah yeah um, so you read a lot. How many books do you think you read in a year? Oh, um, including audiobooks. Does that sure. count? Yes. Brace yourselves. Three or four a month, probably. Yeah, that's a lot. A book a week. That's pretty good. Yeah. A little bit less now that I'm mm. in school. You have to like learn stuff. I have to read textbooks now. Yeah. I don't have as much free time to just read yeah. books. What's the last book you read? Um, Travis Christofferson's book on the American healthcare system called Curable. Mm-hmm. I love Travis Christofferson. Every time I pick up one of his books, I end up getting so enamored with it that like I can't put it down until it's done. His he wrote one on called Tripping Over the Truth on the Metabolic Origins of Cancer. Mm. He wrote one um, called The Fourth Fuel that was like the history of how like sort of the Krebs cycle was discovered and what we know about like different types of energy metabolism leading up to the the discovery of ketones. Um, He just has a really great way of writing that I really take to. So he tells it from a historical perspective. So it's kind of like science history in the way that he writes these things, Um, but tells it through like personal stories. So it's really engaging as opposed to some of the stuff, other books that I read are very like, stats and numbers and research and like heavy on mm-hmm. on the data which i also like um but i, I just find travis christopherson's books like so engaging and hard to put down so right. um yeah curable is i think his newest one and kind of talking about like how far behind the medical industry is versus the advances in science and what we know about like how to determine what works and what doesn't randomized controlled trials how much of healthcare dollars are just wasted on treatments that don't do anything. They're harming patients more than they're helping. How do we go about changing healthcare? And it's particularly about the U S healthcare system, right? Which spends like three times as much as any other developed nation and has some of the worst health outcomes. Like they're mm-hmm. um, ranked as far as the developed countries, they're ranked last in life expectancy for men. They're second last for women. Wow. They have the highest infant mortality rates, um, like just horrible healthcare outcomes, despite spending Three times as much Most. money as any other country. So a little different from us here in Canada, but yeah. um, he really does an interesting job. Talks quite a bit about um, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Traversky, the infamous duo. If you've read, they, um, Daniel Kahneman won a Nobel Prize for his psychology work and basically the failings of the human mind and in, in the way we make decisions and all of our many biases and how we can take out the fallacies of the human mind and needing to understand what's real and what isn't and what works and what isn't. Mm. Um, 
Kahneman and, and Tversky were this like notorious science power duo <laughs> for years worked as if people describe it like their brains were one oh, really? and their, their skills very much complemented each other. Michael Lewis, um, famous author, the guy that wrote like the big short mm-hmm. and stuff, wrote a whole book on, on those two and their relationship called the undoing project. Um, and then Amos died and it was very hard on Daniel Kahneman, but he ended up winning the Nobel prize after his friend passed away. So you mm. can't win a Nobel prize posthumously. So he ended up getting credit Sorry, for sorry. all their work as far as the Nobel Prize goes. Mm. Um, he wrote a book a few years ago called Thinking Fast and Slow. Oh, yeah. I started reading that one. Yeah. So that one was a little too hard for me. <laughs> yeah. That was his attempt to make all of their research accessible to like the lay person. But it, that one was still pretty heavy on yeah. stats and data. Not a lay person. <laughs> yeah, There's so a lot of big words in there. <laughs> a lot of big words in that one, basically. It wasn't even that there was big words. It was just, it was like very long and like it was hard to... Hard to stick with it. Yeah. So in Curable, Travis Christofferson's new book, he references the work of mm. um, Kahneman and Tversky. Tversky? I'm saying his name wrong um, quite a bit. And then cool. how we need to apply what, what they discovered to the world of healthcare and medicine. And stuff. How many zombie books do you read? Uh, zero. Mm. <laughs> not a big fiction person, are you? No, I'm not. I don't read <laughs> fiction at all. I couldn't even tell you the last time I read a fiction novel. Yeah. 18 years ago, maybe. Not my thing. You got a big brain to fill with information. I you can't just fill with zombies. like to learn things. Cool. So I read a, all the books I read are on uh, like nutrition, human psychology, nutrition, um, evolutionary history and biology. Yeah. Those are like my major areas of interest. Yeah. Um, tons of stuff on nutrition, of course. Yeah. And then yeah. that's how I ended up back in school. There we are. Yeah. Okay. Rapid fire. Okay. Here we go. Pineal, pineapple on pizza, yes no. or no? God, that's the wrong answer. Beer or wine? Uh, neither. Really? Okay. I don't like either. Chocolate or vanilla ice cream? Mm, vanilla. Good answer. <laughs> Country music, yes or no? No. Yeah. Salty or sweet? That's the toughest uh, one. Salty. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Early bird or night owl? Definitely night owl. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about you not liking <laughs> to get out of bed. <laughs> Slow start in the morning. I'm not a morning person, and I do my best work between 10 p.m. and 2 in the morning. When the rest of us have gone to bed and Yeah, that's when alone. my squirrel brain quiets down enough to focus and get anything done. Not yeah. a very functional way to exist in the real world. No, with kids and with stuff. With kids that yeah. need to get up and go to school. So I don't get to work like that anymore. I used to all the time. Yeah. Um, we used to have a much different schedule before yeah. the kids were in school. So now I have had to learn to be a, a functioning adult in this time zone. Yeah. Go to bed at like 10.30, wake up at like 7.30, um, but definitely a night owl. It's, yeah. I'm a slow starter in the morning. Yeah. Would you ever work out at six in the morning? Uh, I was <laughs> telling someone this the other day. I've been doing CrossFit for th- more than 13 years. Yeah. I would say I have worked out at 6 a.m. I'm going to be generous in my estimation and say maybe twice. Yeah. I know for sure one time I did. I have a definite memory. I'm going to give myself up maybe one other time it happened. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah ever get on you people that can do that i have so much admiration and respect for people <laughs> that can try hard in the morning i coach the 6 a.m class on fridays yeah and it's all i can do to get there to open the door and turn the <laughs> lights on <laughs> uh let alone like lifting heavy and trying hard so yeah. it's go, not even like just working morning out. people it's, it's the ability to try hard that early in yes the that's the impressive there's thing. some very fit people that come yeah. at 6 a.m and can try hard 15 minutes after they rolled out of bed it's yeah. amazing good they're good people. I will say with the morning people, they're very dedicated they are. as like a fun fact. 
the people that stick with CrossFit the most, I would say on average, tend to be people that work out in the morning. Mm-hmm. Not a hundred percent, of course, yeah. obviously there's other people, but on average, I would say if you looked at our like thousand wad club, most committed yeah. wall in the gym, that more than half of those people are morning people than they are yeah. evening. Easier for people to be consistent in yeah. the morning. So fun fact. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Why do you CrossFit? It's been a long time, 13 years. Mm-hmm. Why do you do it? I think it's like changed. It evolves. And I think that's part of like you grow with it mm-hmm. over the years. And there's been various bumps in the road where I've had to figure out a new, why do I do this? What am I in this for? The early years was kind of that pursuit of like my peak potential. Right. It's like much more into the competitive side of things and like pushing the limits of like how much could I train and how good could I get? Mm-hmm. Um, which came with some fun, you know, external opportunities and competitions and medals and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't really about the external validation so much for me. It was just more about like this kind of awakening of like, I could be an athlete. And I just never thought of myself as an athlete prior to getting introduced to all this stuff. Um, so I, I had those most competitive years between when we had Atlas in 2010 and then when Dash was born in 2016. So Dash having the second baby and that pregnancy and it was super rough on me and never really came all the way back from that and also haven't pursued it to that level. Mm -hmm. That was like a big, that was a big hard stop for me. Um, And had to, there was like a rough period of figuring out like how to get back on the wagon, how to approach it. One of the best things about CrossFit is we keep score and when things are going well, you know, it's very validating because you're seeing improvement. And then the dark side of that is when your fitness is not what it used to be, Mm -hmm. it's, it's tough to face because you are aware of exactly how less fit you are than you used to be. Like I know exactly what I could snatch before and what I can snatch now. Right. It's like, you kind of have to, you have to be at a pretty secure, pretty low ego place to be able to, to handle those things. And I definitely like, wasn't a great person about it for a while. (laughs) Had a a bad attitude for a bit until I kind of figured out like um, that now this is just the kind of thing I want to do. I just, I just want to feel this good. I just want to feel good in my body for as long as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, I like now I've spent most of the last year, maybe two years almost training with Atlas. Mm -hmm. I think it's super cool. Um, I get a really big kick out of like, um, seeding my passion for CrossFit into the next generation. If I was going to sum it up like that, I love working out with Atlas. Atlas is 11 now. Um, I love running the next gen program and seeing these kids as they're growing up and like really getting into CrossFit. And it's like, man, I wish I would have found CrossFit when I was nine, but I didn't until I was 25. So, you know, if I can do that for someone else now, and then now having the opportunity to work on the CrossFit seminar staff. Mm -hmm. um, And that's like, I get to seed that passion for CrossFit to like the next generation of coaches. So, you know, I think it's cool to think about the future of someone that comes and does a level one and then where they're going to go with that. Maybe it's just going to change their life. They're going to turn their health around. Maybe they're going to introduce it to their mom or dad or brother or sister and change their family's life. Maybe they're going to start an affiliate and they're going to change hundreds of people's lives. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of like start this little butterfly effect and like send it out into the world. Yeah. Um, So I super, super love working on the CrossFit seminar staff and getting to like spread yeah. that like love and passion for CrossFit to other people. And yeah, and yeah I like when um, lots of the participants, some of them will keep in touch, you know, they'll like message me after they'll, you know, when they pass the test, they'll like message me on Instagram and be like, I passed or they'll send me pictures of their certificates. And like, I really, I enjoy when people do that. And yeah, you know, 
it's super fun to be part of other people's journey now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll put it that way. And I think being part of other people's journey is you're, you're sort of leading by example, right? Like yeah. there's very few CrossFitters that are, well, there's no level one CrossFit coaches that are like not CrossFitting. You know, it's now yeah. like you just live the life and that you lead by example and then teach the way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And now it feels like, so I'm 38, um, Aging feels less scary mm-hmm. and more like a challenge now yeah. to be like, okay, like I feel as good now or better than I did when I was 25. I'm fitter now than, mm-hmm. than when I started CrossFit. So it's kind of like, okay, well, how good can I stay for how long? Right. Can I, I'm super healthy, very injury free. I've been smart in the way I've trained and applied CrossFit all these years that I'm not banged up. Yeah. I feel great. I move great. I'm, you know, 80% or 90% as strong as I ever was. So it's like, all right, that's cool. Maybe I'll make it to 39 and then I'll make it to 40 and then I'll make it to 45. And then hopefully I'll still feel this good when I'm 50 and yeah. just keep it going as long as possible. Yeah. I think. And I think like previous generations, there was very little, like, especially on the women's side exercise, especially mm-hmm. later into life. So most of the like older people from previous generations are fairly like incapable but like unhealthy and like they need mm-hmm. a lot of assistance in a lot of ways and then every once in a while you see a sprinkling of an old gymnast lady who is 80 years old and still can do like a planche on the on the p-bars or whatever yeah. and like all kinds of Love crazy it. things where you're like oh like maybe it doesn't have to be as bad as it is you know so yeah, yeah it'll be cool to see and i just think like crossfit my whole world is crossfit right when just like living yeah. in this happy little crossfit bubble coach at the gym all of our friends are crossfitters my you know, my parents, my kids, like everybody does CrossFit. I travel on the weekends with CrossFitters to teach CrossFitters. <laughs> it's like, this is my whole world. Uh, and it's, it's just brought so many great people into yeah. my life that like, even if for some reason I didn't want to do constantly varied functional movement anymore, I would like never give it up just because I would never give up all the people. Yeah. I, like, so the people in the world that CrossFit has brought me are just like amazing. Yeah. Um, the, the men in the CrossFit world are super awesome in that they generally tend to be the kind of people that really, they just respect hard work and results. Mm-hmm. And so they tend to be the kind of people that like have a lot of respect for women, right? I've never really encountered like a sexist, misogynistic jerk face mm. in a, a dude that does CrossFit. Um, so the guys are awesome and it, it teaches, I think just guys being around women that are capable and strong. I remember we had an athlete years ago that had said, He's like, man, prior to CrossFit, I used to always just be attracted to these like really skinny, like really thin girls. He's like, that was just my type. He's like, now I just look at them and I go, that girl can't squat anything. And he's <laughs> like, he noticed that his, that what he was attracted to in terms of like what he found appealing in a female had changed mm-hmm. from just a purely aesthetic look to something that reflected a woman's capabilities right. and her, her values or how hard she works or whatever. And I was like, man, that's really cool. Like, yeah. um, so in that respect, like a great bunch of, of men Um, and then like just an awesome bunch of women in my life too, that are like not, um, not like that kind of typical catty gossipy girl. Mm -hmm. I feel like generally to do CrossFit, you have to like be pretty secure in yourself. So girls that can generally build up other women, they're happy for other people. They want to be surrounded by other people working hard and doing their best. Mm -hmm. And that, um, so the kind of women that it's brought into my life too, have like really been awesome and not the kind of thing that I ever found anywhere else and maybe it exists and maybe because I didn't play sports and I wasn't on teams with the girls growing up or anything I never had that before either so um bringing teams or groups of awesome women into my life has been really yeah really special to me too 
Yeah. We always play the game. Well, not always, but we've played the game where it's like, if we won $50 million, what would we do? And Jocelyn's never like, I would retire and never do this. She's like, I would have the sweetest gym and we would, <laughs> we would have all these things. And it's just like, this is clearly your passion. This is just the thing that you would do regardless of the financial situation. So I always tell people, I consider myself retired. What's yeah. retirement? You get to do what you want. I do what I want. I love it. Like, yeah, yeah if, if I won the lottery, I would do exactly what I do right now. Yeah. That's a good place to be. Yeah, totally. I, I sure. would maybe do it in a warmer climate. Uh, but that's Sorry about it. Sorry for your community, but you're moving to Maui But you're with all us. coming to our compound on a tropical island with yeah. us. Yeah. I hope you don't mind. Yeah, no, I just love it. I love CrossFit. I'm super grateful that I read that muscle and fitness magazine. Yeah. Certainly, you, you know, one article in a magazine changes the trajectory of your whole life, right? Because yeah. it's like... Like I said, my whole life's in the CrossFit bubble now. Yeah, that's awesome. Where, what would be. we even be doing? I don't know. I don't know. I can't even think of anything. I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. It's hard to even imagine. I know. Physically, how fit would we be? What kind of job would we be in? No idea. Couldn't no even idea. tell you. Yeah. I'm glad we're here. Yeah, me too. Awesome. Good place. Thanks for, thanks for the chat. See you guys next time. <laughs>